0: For more information on the Mormon Files internet video program, please visit ExMormonFiles.com. That's ExMormonFiles.com. And now, here's Earl.
1: I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I thank God for this opportunity and thank the many volunteers who spend hours making this possible. I was a Latter-day Saint, a faithful Latter-day Saint, for over 60 years. I have a love for the LDS people, but we also know that there are LDS people, uh, faithful ones who are leaving, questioning and leaving the church. Some over doctrines, some over their, the church's history, some can't keep the commandments and they live with guilt and are frustrated, and others just don't feel like they can do enough or that they're good enough. And so we hope tonight to be able to share a story that will inspire you and maybe give you some hope that there is life after Mormonism. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for your spirit to be with us now as we share a few moments and we will uh, hear a great story. We pray that uh, our hearts will be touched and the people listening will, will come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. We have tonight James Homebomb. You're Jamie, but you go by James. I do. It's nice to have you with us. We Thank had you. your husband on last week. Yes. We're excited to hear your side of the story a little bit and... And how things went with you, but you were born a Latter Day Saint. I was. He was a convert, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. But okay. tell us just a little bit about your time as a Latter Day Saint. You went to primary, and of course, all the stuff that your parents were active, and or at least they were Latter Day yes. Saints, I guess, or active. And
2: yes, my um, family, um, they hand carted it over here.
1: Oh, generational and, uh-huh. Mormon. Okay. We are,
2: and. Uh, I have uh, nine brothers and sisters.
1: Oh my. And, Where'd uh, you fall in that group?
2: I am number
1: six oh, yeah? and I'm the first daughter. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So you were special. <laughs> yes, I was special.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was. Okay.
1: And so then uh, just active in the church, the whole family, and um, where was this at, by the way? Uh, I was born in, here yeah, in Salt Lake okay. City, right. and uh, but I
2: was raised out in Southern California in Orange County. Okay. And um, my father and my mother were kind of inactive, Hmm. but uh, I remember being a very small child, maybe four years old, and my mom and dad drove us past the temple, and my mom said, see that building over there? That's where you want to get married. And that's exactly (laughs) what she said.
1: (laughs) That's where you want to get married. So you always had a goal of having an eternal family and being married in the temple. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So did you... uh, uh, just kind of live a normal family life there with the family and
2: um, our family uh, it was large
1: yeah
2: and um,
1: largely dysfunctional oh.
2: and um, <laughs> as families
1: I, can be I guess but
2: well when you get nine kids yeah. you know how normal is that right And uh, so we had a lot of like I said dysfunction and so it caused and perpetrated uh, the family uh, uh, scene the yeah. perfect family for me, yeah. because I never had it. Mm. And so uh, out in California, uh, being brought up, people sought me out because I was LDS. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, mm. <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't have any of the nasty habits. <laughs> and so everybody wanted to know that girl. Okay.
1: So, um, and it was nice yeah. to have that. Wow. So, um, and uh, you... Took an institute class, I understand. I did did that, and you had you bore your testimony, I guess, about oh, a lot, a lot. Everybody um, at fast and testimony meetings or something. They know Jamie Holmbaum.
2: Yeah, (laughs) they could count the minutes um, for my eagerness to get up and
1: share your testimony and share my testimony. Wow. Well, I think one of the things that you know, there's so many have different challenges with their more with their Mormon walk, and uh, or and some like I said at the introduction, some don't feel comfortable. But you, you obviously felt comfortable in the church. You had goals of having having an eternal family. What drew you to this husband of yours who uh, wasn't a convert or wasn't a member of the church?
2: Um,
1: uh, <laughs> Jesse was so handsome He's and so cute. Handsome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah he was and and, and I' think a good man I'm sure huh? he was a very interesting speaker uh, when Chris opens up his mouth and he talks, he can speak like no other person wow, and um I loved the fact that he could um eloquently express himself
1: yeah
2: and um and naturally yeah. you know for me, it's hard. For him, it it just flows out of his mouth, and and I love Some that about him. Some people have a nice
1: gift for that, don't they? Yes, yes. he had a gift
2: yeah. gift of gab.
1: Yeah. Yes. So when he, uh, you, how long were you married? I guess we may have asked him that, but how long were you married before the the missionaries? I know it was a, a child that was going to be baptized and um, was taking the lessons. Had you been married very long?
2: No. Okay.
1: Like. A month. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> or, when he started taking the lessons, yeah, he knew that you wanted to be married in the temple. Did um, that put pressure I, on him? Do you think? To... Um,
2: I don't think so. I didn't. I wasn't like that. It actually was his idea. Oh, um, the uh, bishop came over and introduced himself, and Michael was going to turn nine, and in Mormonism, you know, you don't get past eight, right. so nine was pretty yeah. <laughs> um, hard, and yeah. so Chris was there, he listened to the lessons, and I think he spoke up for Michael, actually. Okay. <laughs> they asked Michael, and he goes, oh yes, I, I want to be LDS," which yeah. touched my heart. Yeah. You know, well,
1: every woman wants to have an eternal family. Right. And that, and so that was something you'd been praying for, probably that Chris would would come to the truth and see the light. Of course, yeah. And I was
2: fulfilling uh, my mother's lifelong dream, and oh, yes. uh, you know, yeah. uh, pointing the temple, you the temple and the expectations. And so
1: after a year of marriage, <coughs> then you Excuse got me. married. I mean, after he was baptized, then a year later you did go to the temple.
2: We did. Had you been to the temple before that? I, I, I wasn't. Um, yeah. My mom and dad was not married, you know, in the temple. Okay. My dad passed away, and then my mom had my father sealed to her oh, by okay. proxy.
1: Okay. And were you sealed to them then?
2: Um, I, I, I wasn't. Oh. Um, I was married at the time, Okay. and um, I wasn't worthy <laughs> enough <laughs> to so get did there. You,
1: did you, uh, how, what was your impressions of the temple, though, the first time you went in there? Um.
2: I, I thought, even at that age, that um, everybody has their own little th- things going on in their head, but um, I truly believed that God dwelt there, and I didn't believe, I didn't realize I was going to sit in a theater and watch a movie, and that kind of saddened me. That was kind of similar to Chris's, that <clears throat> feeling
1: like. You weren't sure what to expect, then.
2: Yeah, and he came walking out, and he looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy, and and I had everything I could do, but to you know <laughs> go, oh my gosh, <laughs> and and it was really hard for me yeah. because this was a very serious, sacred. Yeah. Um, when LDS people say it's sacred, it's not sacred. If they were like me, they really do mean sacred.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's the top epitome of our whole purpose here on earth is to right because without that we don't go to the celestial kingdom
2: right but then if you're sitting there having these thoughts in your head and you're you're thinking oh this is supposed to be the most exciting experience of your whole life and you're looking across somebody and you can't help giggling yeah and so i felt bad and I felt, you know, guilt more. You know, yeah. we're a lot like the Jewish people. We have that guilt, you know. And I just was like, wow, you know, how, what does Father in Heaven think of me? I'm sitting in His home, and but it just wasn't what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought the Lord would be there, mm-hmm. and I really believed that we would. I don't know. Yeah. I was a child, I think. I came to him yeah. as a child, like the Bible tells us, to come to him.
1: And yet you still didn't quite have that, uh, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, later, but how you felt about Jesus at that point. Because there isn't, I mean, he's in there, but it's not a worship of Jesus in the temple. It's more of a... He's there, he's doing his business of creating things and so on, but it, it's a little different. So now after you've uh, been through the temple, you've been active in the church now for, I think Chris said, about 10 years, and he started having some questions about things, it sounds like. and
2: Yeah, Chris, um, we, we got married in 91, and um, in 1992 I ended up reading a book, uh, and it just kills me to say this, but... Um, it was about the Mormon murders, Mark Hoffman. And a lot of people don't know that about the antiquity a fraud oh, that the he LDS was selling church, those
1: documents to the church. Yes.
2: Know. And I started reading that. And it kind of dawned on me, um, the Lord talked to Nathan and Samuel and all of his other
1: Old prophets. Testament prophets. <clears throat> yes.
2: yes. And so this is a prophet and he's being schnookered why didn't God tell him that and I kept reading and reading and it was more of a cover up it was a fast you know they they, to me it was greed and um, they thought they were getting something and Mark Hoffman was laughing at them and that to me wasn't
1: a true prophet of God Now, I have to admit, as a a Latter-day Saint, an active Latter-day Saint at that point, I'm trying to think back of what my thoughts were. Um, The only thing I can come up with, basically, is I just... I don't even have a clue of what I was thinking. Because you're absolutely right. The prophet should have been able to head that off. He shouldn't have been... I know the church spent money buying documents that didn't end up being...
2: Thousands. uh, Yeah.
1: spent money on... Yes. And... We just and that's I just my tithing it, I guess.
2: Yeah, that's your tithing. That that's was true. my tithing. yeah. And Mark Hoffman was laughing all the way to the bank, and um, I just I did. I, I lost testimony where, and I where is God in that huh? <clears throat> well, i I knew that the church wasn't right there, and I went to my husband and I said, I've lost my testimony. I don't think I want to go through the temple. I don't think it's true. And he goes, oh, Jamie. He goes, you've just, you know, it's Satan. You know, they say before you get now, through the temple.
1: Just to make sure I understand, then this was actually before I went through. The he temple? started having problems. Yes. Oh, so Ten you years. started questioning? Yes. Everything. Oh, and he talks you back into the he church. He did. Oh he my did. goodness. He okay. Did. Well, that's significant or interesting. It was. Yeah. So, and and that should have been. It should have raised a question with all of us. There's other things. The book of Abraham, those papyrus, those facsimiles have come forward. We should be questioning that. uh, The versions of the first vision, we should be questioning those things. And instead of just, I guess, like... I think that was the very first time I had
2: um, thought on my own, (coughs) excuse me, Um, and not told what to think. And I think that... Um, I read this book during my lunch hour, and I was really engrossed in it. I read it in two days, and um, I was taking a really serious walk in my life, and it was going to involve not just myself, not just Chris, um, but my children.
1: Yeah. It affects them forever, for sure. Well, so tell us now, you've t- been talked back into the church, but now Chris eventually does question the church himself and comes to you and starts sharing. You have this little visit until four o'clock in the morning. What are your thoughts? Um, He's gone off the deep end. And um, Satan's got I a hold of him. I so angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I can remember where we were, and uh, we were up here in Salt Lake for a visit, and uh, <clears throat> we, st- we were staying at a, a motel, and I... He said something to me, and I said, You are not worthy, a Mormon word, to wear those garments. You should take them off right away. And I was really upset, and I, I left. And I got into the car, and I went around to the point of the mountain, and I saw the beautiful Jordan Temple yeah. and the spire. And I thought, and right then and there I said, Lord, why? why? What's the purpose in all this? What is it that I'm not getting? But then um, I went back, and I was I was still mad, but I loved Chris. Yeah. There, I mean, I loved him. Yeah. And I had, even though uh, the children aren't biologically Chris's, we were still as a family. Yeah. And I, you know, that to me was still meant something. Sure. And so.
1: Okay. Well, now you had uh, some other experiences that we could touch on real fast before we get to some others. You went on a mission with your mom. I, I thought did. That was so interesting. Tell us about that.
2: Yes. Um, well, uh, I lived in Beaver, Utah. Yeah. And my mother and I served at Cofort Fort. Wow. For a year.
1: Interesting experience.
2: It was. Um, I love history. Yeah. And I love all that kind of um, artifacts and just. I mean to to stand in a place where my ancestors, um, you know, yeah. my
1: roots. Yeah. And know. Chris was supportive of this, I guess, and allowed you he, to do it. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. He was. Well, so what started making you think? I know, I know. Besides him, give, dropping little hints and so <clears throat> on, but he eventually um, kind of gets you thinking about things and maybe even attending a church and. What was the moment? Yeah, Chris t- and I t- have
2: the- had um, some really up and downs, and uh, uh, we, like, I, you know, we divorced yeah. uh, due For to our differences, <laughs> okay. uh, our differences of of religion, yeah. and um, he he beat me up mentally about his his uh, delivery was so poor, and. But then when we got back together, he said, I, you know, I've, I've gone to the Mormon church for 10 years. The least thing that you can do is go to church with me. And I sat on the couch and he was right. You know, it was all about me, of course, you know. Give him a chance. <clears throat> and I thought, okay. So we uh, got a Bible and that Sunday we went to South Valley Baptist Church.
1: And how was that? Well, I loved us it. Tell a little
2: bit about that. What I loved it. What was different? Oh, gosh, so many things. First of all, they were very, very oh, nice. And um, here comes this Mormon woman, and they're anti-Mormon, basically. Yeah. And um, uh, I know all of their conversations were, oh, you can't say that, and you can't say this, and you can't say that. But everybody made me feel like I was welcomed. And uh, I was listening to my husband teach, and it just dawned on me that when I go into Sunday school in the LDS church, it's all about feelings. And when I went to Relief Society, it was all the sisters, and I loved all of them.
0: Sure.
2: They're very sweet. I, I can't even tell you wonderful how culture. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but it was, this is how I feel. And it was more, for me, when I got to thinking about it, Bible study we were there for the Lord Jesus. Relief Society was more about my bad week or, you know, and I know that um, Heavenly Father played into all that, but we never used, uh, we would say Savior, we would use um, Master, um, but not Jesus, not Jesus Christ. And now it's all about Jesus
1: for me. Yeah, I never really said the word Jesus yeah. in church. I always used the word Savior. It was Savior. foreign. Yeah, uh,
2: it almost felt nasty to say the word yeah. because I always felt like I was maybe taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, and um, but it, they were actually opening up the the Bible, the Old Testament, and and you learned about all of the. Uh, Way before the foretelling of Jesus looking Christ, looking
1: forward to Jesus
2: coming, and his and then his, you know, everything that needed to happen and everything that you know yeah. you knew happened.
1: But it's all about Jesus. <clears throat> it is, it all, and I all, love it. Yeah, I love it, and it gets to where you almost can't get enough of it. I mean, Chris oh, mentioned no. he was reading voraciously, and so when you first went, well, back to your visit to the to the uh, church, then was it? Unusual, the music or the um, was there the the
2: different? music kind of took me off guard because um, this wasn't like uh, I attend Calvary now, okay. and you raise your hands and you you feel that spirit of praising of God you do and, yeah. and I don't see how you can't walk into a Calvary church and not <laughs> feel it, but uh, South Valley had all these little hymns that i I didn't know, you didn't know. and it was foreign yeah. and uh, but the one thing that really I honed in on was Sam's preaching of Isaiah, and I just went, "Oh my gosh!" And no one in the LDS Church ever just thought, you know, just talked about one chapter of the Bible no. or explained things that, and Sam. He, I mean, to this day, he is he is ultimately. I love I love Terry, who is Pastor Terry over at the Calvary, but I love Sam Coleman. He just has this thirst and knowledge, and that's hard not it's just to love.
1: A, it's amazing that they can take those first those few verses, whatever the subject area, and just it's so Christ centered. Mm-hmm. It's all about God and yes. and what He's done for us. And it is joyful.
2: And you feel, you feel, um, as a Mormon, I was, I didn't think I was prideful. Yeah. But now, being Christian, I'm ashamed of um, the pride that I now know that I had. And knowing Jesus, and knowing what I have now, and his forgiveness and his grace, and I know it sounds... Um, so easy to have but I think he wanted it to be that simple for him to take yes because it's all about him it's not about me and it's his gift it's his us. gift to everybody and
1: um, and nothing we can do can add to that gift. That's right. It's just grace. That's and there's exactly no right. works or ordinances or anything else. That's right. Well, yeah. I did want to have you share, because <clears throat> I'd been aware of this, but your, your moment that you went in with Chris and Nelton prayed. We Tell were, us about that.
2: Okay. We were in um, watching television in bed and uh, how Lindsay came on. And I really liked him. I don't know why. It was just, I think it was his non threatening way.
1: Now, Hal Lindsey's a pastor? He's a
2: pastor on, he's a evangelical. Uh, on TV. On t- TV. Okay. And I felt comfortable listening to him. And he talked about the Bible like no other person had. And he talked about the white throne judgment that Mormons don't know about. It's not spoken about. And they they need to know about it because they don't want to go there. <laughs> and that's why you have the show, and that's why I'm on the show, because we want to love our Mormon neighbors, and we want to bring them so they'll be at the beam of seat and not the white throne judgment. And I knew that if I died that night, because everybody's going to die. We are. We just don't know when. And when our appointment is due, uh, we might think we might have another two, two minutes, another two hours, another two years. And... I had to I had to get down and ask for forgiveness for all the things that I did for wearing garments that I should not be wearing and I had to have that forgiveness right then and there wow because I didn't want to to die and not go to heaven mm-hmm. I would go to st- straight to hell like the bible says and the only thing in my mind I have nine brothers and sisters. They, we don't talk. Um, my mother walked away at 88 years old. And the basic thing that for me was I wanted to go to heaven. I, it, if you don't want to go to heaven, then don't listen to this show. Don't listen to what we're saying. Yeah. But it is just a matter of um, you can tell me all you want. It, but if I listen to you and I leave my my eternal salvation to you, then I could be walked down to that
1: yeah.
2: to that seat, and I and that's eternal.
1: Yeah. Can you afford that? Really? That's true. Yeah. So you knelt with Chris and right away. And, and <laughs> right away. Born again experience. You turned your life over to Christ, mm-hmm. and from then on, it was. Yeah, tell us quickly about your mom. Uh, she's 88, or uh, my is 88 at this time. And
2: well, um, we also went to go see um, Dennis and Ronnie Higley, and um, they had to prove to me some things.
1: This is the f- couple that Chris <laughs> talked about that yes, showed you these things. His, and yes,
2: and uh, they're with his ministries. And um, we went to their house, and we went for four hours, and um, they were so are nice, and I did not want to, I didn't want to like them. But the Lord softened my heart. I was there, and finally Rowney just crossed her arms, and she was disgusted. And she thought, I'm never going to see this woman ever again in, in my whole life. So she sat in her chair, and she just went, If you do not know who Jesus is, God in the flesh, you will die in your sin, and you will go to hell. In her little Finnish accent. And I went, Okay. And, that, and that was that was pretty hard. Yeah. And so the very first thing I had to do was rush home, and tell my eighty-eight year old mom. Wow. And she, she had already told me she didn't want anything to do with it. Of and,
1: course. But,
2: but, um, I sat down and I, I just told her you're eighty-eight years old, and tonight could be your last night. And if you don't know who Jesus is, you will die in your sin. Mom, where do you think you're going to go? I'm going to heaven.
1: I hope I'm going to heaven, or maybe. And
2: she, and she, no, she was sure. Was she? And so Chris and I sat down and we read and we read and praise God, she accepted. <laughs> and um, the Lord gave her another year and a half. She read the Bible almost five times. Wow. And um, got baptized. And... She got baptized and she, um, uh, she died on resurrection evening, Wow. and uh, almost 90 years old, and um, had a true testimony, and she's buried in Harriman, and uh, she has a continued testimony of
1: of what she learned. Yeah. What a joy. Uh, isn't is, that neat? Yes. Well, I know you've expressed yourself a little bit here, but what, if you've got a minute or so to tell the LDS people... what <laughs> Uh, would you suggest they open their Bibles? Uh, what would you suggest to them?
2: Well, first of all, I think I'd ask them to open up open up their hearts and their minds. Good. And the reason I say that is because um, that's that's when the Lord can work on you. If you want to be if you want to be argumentative, then don't open up the Bible. Yeah. Don't open up your heart or your mind. But if you truly want what I wanted, and that's to go to heaven, it doesn't matter um, to me that all my brothers, I've walked away from my brothers, my sisters, my nieces, my nephews, my neighbors. Wow. Um, I could lose my job tomorrow. I could um, get kicked out of my house. I live all the way around LDS people. That's not what really matters, is it? No, it's, it's really where you want to go. Yeah. Do you want to live an eternity in hell? No. I mean, the Lord is very specific in yeah. the Bible, and it doesn't sound like any place I want to visit, yeah. let alone be there for eternity.
1: What a joy, this Christian walk. I, I just don't <laughs> think the LDS people appreciate that there is a life after Mormonism that there's a relationship with Jesus, that that the burden is lifted. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh, my gosh. And we're down to just a few seconds. I'm so sorry. That quick. (laughs) (laughs) James, thanks so Uh, much
1: for sharing your story. What a wonderful, wonderful testimony. And I'm so thrilled that you and your husband are together. I feel blessed that my wife and I are together. Remember, folks, you're following a religion uh, based on Joseph Smith's teachings, not Jesus Christ. Open the Bible, pray, turn your life over. Good night.